Welcome to the Parents Place podcast with Hillary and Jen. Welcome to the Parents Place podcast. So we have, um, Jen and I are here today to talk about a topic that I know we've touched on mm-hmm. for many times mm-hmm. over the over the years. I don't know if we've ever necessarily really dove deep into what exactly trauma is. No, we haven't. And so we have two articles that um, discuss trauma and and what trauma-informed care looks like and how that relates to substance substance abuse, given the fact that it is October and we are focusing in on substance abuse prevention and um, awareness. But... I think it's important that we maybe start at the beginning. Yes. And that is trauma in and of itself, right? What is it? (laughs) Because I know that, and I don't know about you, but I think trauma is one of those words that we're starting to hear more about. Mm -hmm. Like it's more widely talked about Mm -hmm. and it's more commonly used in our vocabulary, but I still don't necessarily know if the general community knows exactly what trauma is. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you may disagree. <laughs> well, no, because I feel like some people, um, well, just take COVID. It's yeah. the most recent thing that all of us as human, what am I looking for? Humanity, there you go. Uh-huh. That all of humanity has dealt with. Yeah. Um, it was traumatizing for some people, and some people, it wasn't. Yeah. And so to say that, if everybody experiences the same situation or hard thing, mm-hmm. that everyone's going to have trauma from mm-hmm. it. And that's not true. Yeah. I mean, my husband, he loved COVID. <laughs> it meant he could stay home and he didn't have to interact <laughs> with anybody. And he was a happy clam. And there are some people that are like, please, yeah. I'm slowly dying inside. <laughs> I need my people. Yeah. And so I think we just need to have that understanding of yeah. how different it can affect people it's true i do think that since COVID, i mean i think trauma and resilience those are the two words that Mm -hmm. we hear quite often we talk about kids are resilient resiliency is powerful we have trauma in our lives but it's like okay let's bring it back down to like our second grade status yeah what is it though like when we talk about trauma or being traumatized or a traumatic event what does that mean yeah so so i guess to you what would you say is trauma like what's a easy definition i think for me trauma is anything that overwhelms us Mm. that changes the way we do things yeah and given that's the definition that can be something very big Mm -hmm. that can be something very small that can Mm -hmm. be something short term even long term yeah because there are little things that affect how we do things and cope and then there are some things that that will affect how we do things for the remainder of our life. Yeah. So that's interesting. Um, so let's give some examples of maybe what might be under that trauma category. So you mentioned COVID, yes. which I don't think a lot of people think about. Oh, that was traumatic for me. <laughs> but if you refer to our definition, yeah. it changed the way that we mm-hmm. lived our lives. And, yeah. and for many of us, still, still continue do. to live our lives. Yeah. So I think that... So we can all say, I mean, with that being the case, that we've all been through 
traumatic event, right? Mm-hmm. Having lived through that experience. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and and I'm assuming things like, I mean, we like the common ones that we think about, maybe a death in the family, mm-hmm. a divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, they even have childbirth. Because I feel uh, like, you know, we've all been through that traumatic situation, but how it, did it really affect your life? Yeah. And how you changed it? Or no. And so, like, for um, childbirth, you know, one of your kids, if you're having the second child or the third child, yeah, second child probably, I mean, that's a hard time. Mom was gone for a minute. Mom's spending more time with the baby. That would, I think, fall more under a stressful time for that child. Mm-hmm. But then you have this other one that now is having big behaviors mm. and... All of these things that are super hard, and it changes the way that they're behaving, mm-hmm. um, is important to understand too. Grief is the same way. You yeah. know, some people, it's like, okay, I know they're in a better place. I know yeah. that they're not hurting anymore. And other people, it's really hard. I mean, my husband was just saying the other day, um, he really is had having a hard time missing his folks, mm. and but it's been like. I've known him for seven years, and they've been past before, like two or three years prior to that. Mm-hmm. And so it's grief and death really affect him. Mm-hmm. But for me, yes, I miss them, mm-hmm. but I also know that they're not in pain anymore. Mm-hmm. At least for the people that have died in my life, it's yeah. been painful. Yeah. And so it just affects everyone differently. Yeah. I think it, and that's, I think, important for us to understand because kind of like stress, and, and maybe, you know, emergencies. Everybody's definition is different. Mm-hmm. And so, so for some people, they're going to look at that situation and they're going to say, not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, actually, it was kind of nice. Yeah. <laughs> like with the COVID situation. Where others, it is going to potentially set them back and yeah. cause huge stress yeah. in their life. So I think that's good for us in general as a community to understand that that we define trauma differently and we react to, to trauma differently. differently as well, too. And another important thing to realize with trauma is that if it is that part to where it's overwhelmed you and you've changed, yeah. like abuse, I mean, you do, that is super overwhelming. Yeah. And it is going to change the way you have lived your life prior to mm-hmm. the incident. And so um, we can be triggered down the road Mm. years down the road back to that and I think for trauma that is unique of being triggered back to it because we all go through hard and stressful things Mm -hmm. but five years down the road we're not triggered back to that harder stressful thing Mm -hmm. we remember it Mm -hmm. but it's more of like oh that was a hard thing and I did a hard thing and that's great I learned lots of great things from it so trauma and stress in those regards are are different mm-hmm. because oftentimes with stress it's something that's in the moment that we can potentially overcome mm-hmm. and yeah. move on and I don't know if we completely erase trauma in our I personally lives. don't think so. Yeah. It's always going to affect the way you think about someone who's been mm-hmm. mugged or physically abused yeah. or things like that. I mean it's just gonna have a different effect and they may walk down different streets or mm-hmm. hold their personal belongings a little bit closer, mm-hmm. whatever that may be. Mm. 
So I dare say that even like everyone, even young children, mm-hmm. uh, to some degree, we've all experienced trauma mm-hmm. in some way, shape, or form, without maybe even realizing mm-hmm. that that was a traumatic event. Yeah, there's um, Dr. Vanderholt wrote a book called Body Keeps the Score. And so that is all talking about how trauma is kept within our bodies. Mm-hmm. And our body remembers it. And so even infants huh. um, that have experienced some type of trauma, be it, yeah. um, let's see, we were just talking about this the other day, babies that have been in the NICU uh-huh. and they are poked in their little feet uh, yes, so many so times. <laughs> and then they have an adverse reaction when anybody touching their feet mm. so it's not that they remember no because pokes. you can't say i remember when mm-hmm. i was two weeks old and i experienced yeah. this but their body remembers it and now it's saying don't touch my feet ah interesting so it's a it's a big book but it's an interesting book yeah, we'll have to put that in the in the show notes so that that you guys can um check that out you know you bring that up and it is interesting because a few days ago i lost a tooth and my you my, lost a tooth. It just fell out of my mouth. Yes, I have a hole in my mouth at this point. So it was a spot where a root canal used to be, and I think just the inside it's just kind of rotted away over the years. Isn't this glorious? Well, I feel like you're one that goes to the dentist I often. I am. I am. <laughs> so why didn't the dentist notice this? Well, uh, we won't blame it on the dentist. We'll blame, blame it on my. Poor dental care in my childhood. <laughs> but, um, and you want to hear the best part of it? I was eating a donut. Can you think of a softer food to lose your tooth in they say, than a donut? Because I had, I had to get a cap on a tooth and it was pasta. Oh. That cracked it. It's because they can get in the little cracks. Mm, they love donuts. Yeah. And you know that's my favorite food. <laughs> so, anyway. <laughs> so, I, I went to the dentist and he We'll have to remove, extract the remainder of my tooth. And then he explained that for about four months, they'll just have that hole in my mouth because they need to allow that spot to heal. Mm -hmm. And he used the word because essentially you've gone through, like your body's gone through trauma. Mm -hmm. And here I was thinking, well, I didn't think this was trauma. This is just really annoying and kind of expensive, Mm -hmm. right? It's a stressor Mm -hmm. maybe in my head. But as I, but it's like what you were saying, you know, my body is responding to some type of trauma. Mm-hmm. I have a portion of my mouth that is no longer there, and yeah. that's not great. <laughs> so, but yes, it was interesting to hear him explain that physically, my body's responding to that trauma, or will, you know, that's what is required mm-hmm. through that healing process because yeah. it's yeah. experienced that trauma. So it's uh, crazy. I know. But there's lots of research that is going on right now. And they're finding that trauma does mm. really affect us in both our physical and mental ways. Yeah. And you had mentioned ACEs. Yeah. And so that's adverse childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you mentioned these ACEs and, and ACEs stands for adverse childhood experiences. Mm-hmm. So basically what they have found through research is that, as we mentioned, all individuals go through trauma to some degree. And we know when we're dealing with a tough situation, 
our body is put under stress, and what tends to happen is our body tends to react in almost like a fight or flight, right? And so we know that physically things occur in our body during those stages. Our heart beats faster, right? Blood's pumping in there. We're breathing quicker than what we normally are. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because fight or flight is a protector. It's taking care of us, yeah. Exactly. We're, we're glad that we have it. But what we found is that children that experience a lot of trauma um, through situations like you mentioned, abuse, divorce, a parent being incarcerated, um, substance abuse use in the home, mm-hmm. they experience ongoing stress. Yes. And they call that complex trauma. Yeah. Because there's lots of different yeah. things of trauma. And so whereas in uh, with a child that has stress that is temporary, mm-hmm. you're going to experience that fight or flight, but then you're going to recover from that. Mm-hmm. And your body's going to readjust and it's going to go back to its normal state. For a child that's continuing to live in that traumatic atmosphere, that fight or flight is always it's there. Gone, yeah. And you can see that if your body is living in that mode, it's going to start to deteriorate. It's going to mm-hmm. start to wear down. So what we find is that the more trauma we experience in childhood, the more likely individuals are later on in life mm-hmm. to have problems, not only physically, mm-hmm. but also mentally. mentally as well, too. So we see an increase in things like cancer and diabetes and stroke, but we also have um, higher risk of substance abuse, delinquent behavior. Suicide rates. Exactly. And so I think it's important that we recognize that we know that trauma is there, Mm -hmm. and we know it plays a toll on our body. And so if that is the case, what can we do to help? Maybe to prevent some of these future risks that we have. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, help with, help children learn proper tips and techniques to relieve stress if they are going through a stressful you know, time in their life, stage in their life. Um, and we know through that study as well, too, that the more we can connect these kids to a strong support system, um, somebody that provides some predictability, some routine, some consistency in their life, those risk factors actually decrease. decrease yeah. And so we want to surround these these kids that are going through tough things with a strong support system. Yes. So that they have that ability to overcome. Mm-hmm. And I think what, that's something we can all do yeah. as a society. Yeah. It's I think one of the biggest things that we can do is teach our kids how to regulate their emotions. Mm-hmm. To understand their emotions. And then when they are having hard ones, yeah. what can I do to make those hard ones did decrease. Uh-huh. So the anger, the sadness, all yeah. of those things, yeah. they're all great emotions and we need to have them. Mm-hmm. But we need to also know how to handle them as well. And we've discussed this, like helping kids to understand that there are no bad feelings. Mm-hmm. You know, oftentimes mm-hmm. if we put a feeling chart up for kids, in their heads they can, they can categorize what they view as the good emotions and the bad emotions. Yeah. And oftentimes the bad emotions are things like you just said, fear, anxiety, stress, sadness, guilt. Mm-hmm. And the reality is, is that all emotions are appropriate mm-hmm. to experience. We've yeah. all felt sad. We've all felt frustrated. There's We've no, all felt angry. There's no bad emotions. Exactly. But you're right. It all boils down to how do we as individuals cope mm-hmm. when we experience these emotions. 
emotions. Because it's not that the emotion is bad, but we may not necessarily be reacting mm-hmm. in a positive way to it. And I think that's where our topic for October ties in, mm. is that we're not teaching children or even adults who haven't learned it as a child yeah. how to cope with hard things yeah. or big emotions. And so then we can turn to substance abuse, yeah. which is what we really want to make everyone aware of mm-hmm. this month is mm-hmm. is that that is really substance abuse is really triggered or not triggered um connected to that trauma mm-hmm. when we haven't learned coping skills yeah. and how to do it because most of the time people become addicted to substances and substances can be anything mm-hmm. it can be drugs it can be alcohol it can be pornography I mean there's lots of things um, that we can become addicted to but we do it to cover the pain that we felt mm. and our body remembers mm-hmm. and so we're wanting to turn off that pain mm. so that we're not having to deal with it yeah. you know we talk about this in our in our parenting courses but oftentimes when kids misbehave our, our natural reaction is to tell them no you can't do that stop doing that leave that alone and we eliminate that option but we don't necessarily replace it right. with a different option so then we're left with this void of okay well if I can't do that then what can I do mm-hmm. and that's often why you have kids that continue to misbehave because we haven't ever set up the positive expectation yeah. and I think oftentimes we see that with substance abuses like you said I feel overwhelmed, I feel stressed, I don't know how to handle this, I don't know Mm -hmm. an appropriate response, and I need something to fill that void, Mm -hmm. and so therefore I'm going to reach to, Mm -hmm. whether that be alcohol or drugs or whatnot, what other thing we have to fill that up, because we don't have any other solutions, we don't have any other options, and so we as parents, you know, or, or friends, or whomever it is that we're working with that may have this potential problem, helping them to find those options, Mm -hmm. to be aware. And really recognizing, because I think we can go back to what we teach parents about kids, is the iceberg analogy of, mm. you know, you see the tip of the iceberg, but there's so much going on below. Mm. And that's the same with substance abuse. You see the substance abuse, yeah. and that's the behavior. Yeah. But what's going on down below yeah. is mm-hmm. trauma, fear, yeah. not feeling loved, all of those things. Yeah. And so let's deal with what's under the water because then that will help us deal with what's on top. I love that. So so in these two articles, which per usual, guys, we'll include in our show notes, um, it talked about finding, well, if you are in the situation where maybe you are looking for a substance abuse facility or need some help in that area, how to find a place that is trauma-informed, which at The Family Place, we take great pride Mm -hmm. in the fact that we are a trauma-informed agency. And Jen, you know better than I do what exactly that means, but but when we have an agency or a site that claims they're trauma-informed, what should we be looking for? I think number one is understanding what trauma is Mm -hmm. and understanding that it's personal for each, each person. And showing them the respect. It's the whole, instead of what's wrong with you, Mm -hmm. it's like, what happened to you? Mm -hmm. Because you as a person 
are not bad because you've experienced trauma. Yeah. It's what has happened to you and let's start from there. Mm-hmm. Um, let's find your strengths. Mm. Let's work together on what is going to work best for you. And so working with them, having them allow them to have input mm-hmm. into their treatment and to the goals that they want to set. Yeah. I mean, if someone set a goal for me, and it was learn how to regulate your emotions. <laughs> it's not very meaningful. Yeah. But if I'm involved in that process, it's going to be more meaningful for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably more likely going to do it. Mm. Um, not to discredit doctors by any means, because we have great respect for them. But it's, it goes back to that idea of, like, it's not a prescription approach, right? Right. We can't necessarily have someone walk in the door and be like, okay, take X, Y, and mm-hmm. Z, and you're good. One thing doesn't fit all. Yeah. So it's individualizing that treatment plan or that program that they're involved in so that it works best for their needs. Yeah, but I think also in a trauma-informed care place, it starts with the receptionist Mm. all the way up to the top. Yeah. And includes, like, you know, janitors, things like that. Mm -hmm. Every person that works within that facility is educated on trauma and how to be trauma-informed. Yeah. Because I'm assuming somebody coming in from the community, just walking in those doors, Mm -hmm. just getting to the point where they admit, I need some help. Yeah. Right? I I don't know what else to do. And walking in those doors could be an experience in and of itself that could be traumatic depending on who greets them, Mm -hmm. how those people view that person that walks in. So I can see that, that 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 first face that they need to see as they walk into that facility needs to be somebody that is open and welcoming and informative. Yeah. So that they know how to best help from the beginning. Yeah. And I think then it goes on to the next one is, you know, the intake process. For us, we have an intake process. Mm -hmm. Substance abuse places have an intake process. Mm -hmm. Instead of having it be this rigid question, answer, question, answer, where you're really trying to build that trust with that person that you are doing that intake paperwork on. Uh If we need to take a break, we can take a break. If you need some water, we can get some water. Mm. There's not, we are here to put this, um, to get through this paperwork as easy and non-judgmental as possible. And, you know, <laughs> Jen and I will speak on the Outdoor Agency. The nature of the beast is that there's always paperwork. Yeah. We can't ever completely eliminate pa- paperwork. And I know that that is a hindrance to many people. They're like, why should I have to fill that out? Why should I have to tell you my story? It's my story. Like, it's not, it shouldn't be public knowledge. And, you know, uh, while I agree, it, we're not going to spread that out to everybody. Mm-hmm. But I do think it is important to understand as an agency that, and we do have some protocols as well, too. Yeah. So paperwork will probably never go away, but it's how we go about And you do it in that. a kind, exactly. you know, clear and calm way. Yeah. And really learning how to trust mm. that person and letting them know that we are trustworthy ourselves. Yeah. And I think it's important as, a, as an individual... You know, if you are going through that process, because that intake process can be a little bit overwhelming, mm-hmm. especially if you're sharing your story and re to a degree reliving that trauma that mm-hmm. you've experienced. I think it's okay to be able to recognize, like, 
if I need to stop for a while, I can do that. Yeah. And I can say that to those individuals. I can say, you know what, I think I need to be done for now, or I need to step away for a second. I need to take some deep breaths. So advocating on behalf of yourself, too, I think is mm-hmm. important that we remember that. Yeah. I think also, I mean, just think about someone who is coming off of a high. Yeah. And having to do intake paperwork. Oh, yeah. There may be a time where they need a break altogether because yes. their body's going just physically through need shock. That break. you've experienced in that an intake process that maybe has occurred over the course of multiple sessions yeah. rather than just one <laughs> yep. and that's so okay and I think you know I'm making the assumption that as you explain this trauma-informed care that it's personalized that it's in a comfortable setting I'm assuming it probably takes more time with mm-hmm. that being the case than the traditional treatment plan that we yeah. have yeah it and does. that's fine and that's okay it's, it's going to be more beneficial in the long run. Mm-hmm. I always like that you do the hard stuff now, and in the long run, you're going to be spending less time with those hard yeah. things. Yeah, that's a good point to bring up. We need to also make sure that we're focusing on the person's strengths. Mm. Mm-hmm. Even someone who has had, let's say, an addiction problem for you know 30 years, yeah. they still have strengths. Mm-hmm. And helping them recognize what those strengths are. Yes super important i think that's when you have found yourself a good caseworker or a good clinician is when you feel like you don't have strengths and they help you find a way mm-hmm. to become aware of those yeah. strengths because yeah. i think there's a lot of people that probably walk in the door thinking i, I don't know i i'm not really good at anything yeah. and so through this process of working with those individuals being able to help them to identify what that is yeah. that's when you know you've found someone yeah. <laughs> Hold on to those people tightly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love this. You know, and, and as Jen is saying, she's describing aspects of our agency at the family place because we are trauma-informed here at our agency and are quite proud of that. Mm-hmm. We've made some great strides in getting to this point, and I think we've seen significant differences in doing so. Yes. But I think... Um, in general, if you are looking for an agency for help, for support, particularly regarding substance abuse, look for these skills. You know, as you're meeting these individuals, as you're sitting down for these initial appointments and these intakes, making sure that you're looking for these skills because these are the types of agencies that you want to be involved in or you want your family to be involved in. Ask them, are you trauma-informed? Yeah. And if they say no, say thank you and find <laughs> another spot. Because there are going to, if they are trauma-informed, they're going to understand yes. that the behavior is connected to the trauma. Yes. And so, just ask. Yeah. I, I know here for the family place, we're, we're trained on trauma mm-hmm. every year. Mm-hmm. So that it is never mm-hmm. something that's not a one-and-done thing. Yeah. It's we have to be re- trained and retrained mm-hmm. so we're not forgetting or getting stuck in yeah. things that we don't really want to get stuck in. And because I think it's such a new concept that there's new research that's coming out on how to be better than even what we are now. So Mm -hmm. to be up to date on the best techniques that we can use for our clients is important too. So I like that, you know, it's okay to be a little bit picky (laughs) as you're searching for this support. And I think gratefully we're seeing more sites that are Mm -hmm. trauma informed so you don't necessarily have to settle. Yeah. You can find that trauma-informed care that you're going to need. 
I feel like we got in on it right at the beginning of, you know, they always call them the new golden, uh-huh. you know, coin that we're a shiny coin we're going to focus on. But yeah. I think we got right in at the beginning when people are like, oh, this is just another shiny coin that we're going to focus on and then something else will come along. But with trauma, it's not a shiny coin. It's not going to go away. Yeah. But we as the family place got in on the beginning of, the research showing mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. need to be trauma informed. So we've had seven years of mm-hmm. practice, and we still have, you know, room for growth. Of years to come, yeah. And so, yeah, we're gonna keep working on it. We're gonna get better and better, guys. Yeah. So <laughs> stay connected, right? Mm-hmm. I do think wherever you're going to get help from, always ask if you're trauma informed. Mm-hmm. You'll just have a different experience. Yeah. So, all right. Well, this was an interesting conversation. Good articles with some good information. And like Hillary said, we'll have those in the show notes. Um, Hope that you have a great day and we will see you back here next week. Thank you for listening to the Parents Place podcast. If you would like to reach us, you can at parents at the familyplaceutah.org or you can reach Jen on Facebook, Jen Daly the Family Place. Please check out our show notes for any additional information. Our website is thefamilyplaceutah.org if you're interested in any of our upcoming virtual classes. We'd love to see you there.